You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, let's talk about the gold gloves. That's right. The gold gloves. The gold gloves that were announced on election night. And yet again, we start in a place that we shouldn't have to. We start in a place of a baseball misstep. On a day that that will be spent celebrating Alex Gordon, who ties the franchise record in Kansas City Royals history for the most gold gloves won, who has a shot at the platinum glove. On that day, and it's a shame He's not coming back to break the record. But on that day, you first must take a step back as a baseball fan and look at this league, look at this sport, on what has been called the election of our lifetime. And again, they probably say that every single election. But what has been called the election of our lifetime? Without question, a very heated time in America. Without question, the election being the only thing that matters right now in America. It's all that people care about. It's all people are watching. We still don't know the results of the elections at the time I'm recording this podcast. It's a mess. And it's something that people cannot take their eyes off of because it is going to decide the future of this country. On the night of the election, baseball releases their gold gloves. Unannounced. Just rolls out the gold gloves. Here's who won. And you lose the headlines. Nobody's talking about the gold gloves. Nobody is. They're talking about the election. And here's a sport that has dealt with black eye after black eye after black eye getting punched in the face over and over and over again. It's on the heels of having a player tests positive for coronavirus during the middle of the game while he's playing in the game on the heels of a messy, public, disgusting collective bargaining agreement negotiations that leaked into the public and turned a lot of people off of baseball, that turned the players against the sport, that turned fans against the sport. On the heels of all that, Baseball doubles down on a sport that is dying and has seen the worst World Series ratings of all time. And I get it, it's an election year, and the Rays are playing in the, in, in the World Series, but they saw the worst World Series ratings of all time. After seeing a surge in the local ratings throughout the regular season, they saw the worst World Series ratings. On the heels of all that, while the message has been, grow the game, grow the game, Grow the game for the last five years. Well, the demand from the fans has been grow the game. Media, players, grow the game. Market the game better. 
you are handing out what is supposed to be a very prestigious award for the absolute best fielders in your sport. The absolute best at it. It's supposed to be something that can at least get your sport out there a little bit. That can at least get baseball out there a little bit. That can at least acknowledge good players and be a talking point. You bury that on election night. You bury the storyline of Mookie Betts winning five straight gold gloves and doing it while in the AL for four straight and then getting his first in the NL to continue his streak. You do it while burying Alex Gordon, tying a franchise record and going for a platinum glove. You do it while burying all of that because you decided to release it on election night. And the gold gloves are very arbitrary in the sense of when you release them. Look, spring training does not start for another couple months, not until late January, early February. Everyone knows that this offseason will be very slow moving, that the players are not going to sign, the teams are not going to give out contracts, nothing will happen. The only way you could have buried these awards, the only way you could have buried the lead for your sport is by putting it on election night. You could have spaced out these awards a lot better. You really could have. And it really could have been the only story. And it's not just me that has a problem with this. You see Jack Flaherty and other players ragging on their own league and their own sport for making that decision to announce the awards of the Gold Glove from Rawlings. Of course, there's a sponsor attached to everything. On election night. You can't do it on election night. That's my only problem with, with, with this. And it wouldn't even be such a big deal if the sport has not just consistently looked for ways to hurt itself. They're the laughing stock of anyone who, who happened to saw, or happened to see, I should say, who happened to see the tweet go across Twitter of, of who won a gold glove. They were the laughing stock. You cannot keep being the laughing stock. And coming up, we'll move into Alex Gordon winning the gold glove and the worst mistake I can remember from a gold glove committee. And we're back on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So we're back and we're going to talk about the gold gloves. I don't really care about the gold gloves that did not affect Kansas City because, you know, I, I can't tell you if three AL West players deserve a gold glove or not, you know, for the for the competition at first base. I just can't tell you that. I will tell you that at second base, where it was three players all from the division, I can tell you Nicky Lopez absolutely should have won the second base award. And to me, the only way you justify this is if you put a little bit of emphasis on the bat. Because if you're going straight up off of fielding, if that's all you're looking at is the impact that the person had in the field, then you would be an idiot not to vote for Nicky Lopez. You'd be an idiot not to have him as your gold glove second baseman. And maybe that's why no one should care. Maybe I, I wasted my entire time caring about this this week, uh, about you know the gold gloves being announced on Tuesday. If we're not going to have voters who understand the game of baseball, if we're not going to have voters who are going to take this seriously. Because it is a joke that Nicky Lopez is not 
a Gold Glove winner this year. It is a joke. We have voters all over baseball. Hall of Fame voters, Gold Glove voters, MVP voters, everyone in the in the Baseball Writers Association, whatever the hell, that votes on these things. They have a, there's a bunch of old people that have no idea what they're doing. Greg Cody openly on the, on the Lepitard Show talks about how he has a vote and he has no idea who he should vote for. He doesn't watch baseball. He doesn't care about baseball. He has a vote. He helps decide some awards each year. That's what we're dealing with here. That's what you've left. That's what you've left this sport with. And, and there's funky votes all over sports. Basketball, Mar- Maria Taylor left Anthony Davis off of her All-NBA teams. Funky vote. But I know that she's watched basketball. I know that she has watched the games. I know that she has informed herself about basketball. I just disagree with her. I can't say the same when people you give votes to in this sport are openly saying they don't watch the game and their vote reflects it. Nicky Lopez has to be your gold glove second baseman. He just has to be. He's tops in the outs above replacements. He is tops in every way, and especially in the eye test. And then Alex Gordon in, that, in left field. I honestly think that that's part of the problem. Um, should he have gotten it in a 60-game season? There, there isn't a lot of, of sample size to go off of. So you have a guy with a huge reputation. I understand voting for him, especially with the cool story of tying the franchise record. But I didn't think that he was extraordinarily great in left field. I thought he was just good in left field, but that's good enough in a 60-game season. And, and, and you saw that at second base where you had somebody who didn't have any name recognition, couldn't hit a lick, and was on a terrible Royals team. You saw them get the, get the poor end of the stick, whereas Alex Gordon benefits from that because these voters have seen his name before on the ballot. They know his reputation. They know coming into that night that he had won seven gold gloves. They know who he is. They just figured, okay, he's really good. He's back against the finalists. Let's vote him in. So, you know, it goes both ways for Kansas City. And I do think that Gordo's gold glove is justified. I would have voted for him. Even as a non-Royals fan, I would have voted for him. Because of, he played he played good defense. I can't say it was historically great defense, but he played very good defense. He did his job out there. And he didn't have the amazing plays night in and night out, but in a 60-game season, it's hard to do that. It's hard to have enough opportunities to have a great play. You can only do, and you can only go where the ball's hit. He did good all year long. He gets a gold glove. He earned it. He's earned it throughout his whole career. But that just shows you the kind of voting we're talking about here. Uh, but the fact that Nicky Lopez didn't get it is atrocious. Again, I don't have very many opinions league-wide in the gold glove. But uh, that's just for Kansas City. I, I don't see how you can't give it to Nicky Lopez. I don't see how you can choose not to give it to Alex Gordon. And they did give it to Gordon. They didn't give it to Lopez. So, I mean, that's just the two that I think they got right and wrong. Uh, Mookie Betts, though, awesome story. I wonder if Betts, as we talked about during the awards preview, I wonder if Betts is getting, you know, a push, like a push for MVP because of the World Series. And this is part of the problem. I I don't know when they had to vote for these things. Like, like basketball makes you vote for them, okay, before the postseason. Is that still true in, in baseball? Or... Are they factoring in the World Series to Mookie Betts as he, as he gets a gold glove and he's in the MVP race? Because if you're not factoring in postseason, I think that the MVP in the, in the NL should go to Freddie Freeman. 
Factoring in postseason, I can understand why Mookie Betts and the recency bias makes you feel like, okay, he's the most valuable player. He's one of the reasons the Dodgers got over the hump. I understand all that. So I'm interested to see if anyone knows if, if they vote pre-playoffs or post-playoffs. That's really interesting to me. So that's what we have today on Locked on Royals. Gold Glove talk all day long. On tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about a prediction and make our predictions. I want everyone to get involved in this. Should the Royals tank or not tank? Should the Royals continue to try to bottom out or should they start the process of becoming a good competitive team? Where are they at? And what does it mean in, in baseball right now as, as the landscape around the sport is forever changing? We're seeing the Indians trade off Francisco Lindor. He's on the open market. We're seeing baseball push for expanded postseasons. We're seeing a pandemic not going away. Numbers are rising. So does that mean that once again, you'll be left with the regional schedule? In a region that is not terribly unbeatable. There's a lot of question marks that could see the Cubs break down their team and trade off their team. Again, the Indians trading off Francisco Lindor, you'd imagine that's going to signal a rebuild process. Could the Royals start to make some noise here, or are they still a couple of years away? Therefore, it would make more sense to continue the rebuild, continue to bottom out, and continue to get and acquire assets. And they have a lot of decisions to make. They have a decision to make on Whit Merrifield, on Jorge Soler, on Salvador Perez. It's going to be interesting. I don't know the right answer, and that's why I do not envy Dayton Moore. I've probably been one of the hardest people on Dayton Moore. It's not very often you hear someone criticize Dayton Moore. I don't think that he's above criticism. Some people do. But I don't envy him right now because this is one offseason in which I cannot criticize him. I just can't. No matter what he decides to do, whether that is, whether that is some sort of buying in aspect of it or selling, uh, you know, I can't criticize him because I, I really don't know the answer. Now, I know that if I was in his chair, well, we'll talk about this tomorrow, what I would do, but I don't know if that's 100% right. And I'll give you an example. In 2016, I would have been selling. I, I said that at the very start of it. I would not have traded Matt Strom. I would have been either selling off Hosmer, Kane, selling off those pieces, or at least not buying, just standing pat. He decided to buy. You lost Matt Strom. I criticized him for that, while other people just allowed him to live above criticism. With this offseason, it's not as cut and dry as that. I think that you can make a great argument for selling and for rebuilding, continuing the rebuild. And I think you make a great argument for, okay, it's time to turn the corner. It's time to start laying the foundation of winning here in Kansas City. One's a lot easier to sell to your fan base. So we'll see where they go from here. It'll be interesting. So tune back in tomorrow to figure out what they're going to do on Lockdown Royals. Be good and be good to one another.